abandoned corporate America to embark on a whole new venture in horror podcasting. Please join your host and his sister for today's episode of Not Your Average Horror Show. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Not Your Average Horror Show. We're about halfway through September now, so we're coming up in the month of October. That's really exciting and getting all these fall type of festivals and stuff, seeing the decorations out there, such as the pumpkins and skeletons and ghosts and all that stuff. Is this our first podcast of September? Well, let's see. Nope. We had one in uh, the first week, actually. No, the okay. Sixth. Never Today's, mind that. Actually, you might be right. No, wait. No. Yeah, we had one on the sixth. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're there. not that far behind. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, oh, wait. We're not behind at all. Well, we missed last week. Okay. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> so, but that's okay because the goal, I think, was to do three this month. Mm. So we're on pace for that as long as we don't, you know, screw anything up or no audio gets messed up in that regard. How is your weekend going? You took a trip out to uh, Lancaster area, right? Or wherever they they do that thing. Yeah. Um, last weekend, I went to the Renaissance Fair. Um, ah, yes. And I forget where it actually is. Every single year, it has like... Mannheim. Mannheim. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, haven't missed a year in like six years impressive uh yeah <laughs> mostly due to uh my my good friend um who is a renaissance fair enthusiast um yeah. i go along for the ride it's it's fun um but it's like mostly kind of the same thing same yeah. gimmick it's mostly just an excuse to like get dressed up and and drink. drink yeah yeah <laughs> That's pretty much what I said. Anybody thought. who says they go there for like the shows and the action of the like jousting is like, don't believe them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of it is there for the guys, right? You got like the big swords and the old style medieval costumes, and there's lots of cleavage there, of course. And, uh, yes. you know, the turkey legs you know, walk around with and not on those. <laughs> yeah. Beer. Always a good time. Uh huh. Yeah, I went there one time. I went there with uh, Joel and his wife, and Kate and I went there. So it was fun, you know. Yeah, you I have a write up on your on your blog that you never mention, right? Yeah, that was one of the first things I ever put on my blog. I think, <laughs> although I didn't know if it, how entertaining that was to read. It was pretty <laughs> much just like, "Yep, that's what happened." <laughs> so <laughs> you never know. Put some pictures in there too. Well, anyway, we have a treat this time. So we're doing tightrope, and I know there's going to be maybe some eye rolls because this is not necessarily a horror movie either. But hear me out. This movie, um, it has like a very creepy feel to it. It takes place in New Orleans. And actually part of the movie towards the end does take place around Halloween. <laughs> if you blink, you miss it. But it shows him taking his kids out, Clint Eastwood. And they're, you know, out. They got, you know, one's a skeleton. One's like uh, a pumpkin, I think. <laughs> very exciting. And just the fact it's in New Orleans at night and all this stuff. Um, the killer in this movie wears masks. Much of the time, okay. you know, whenever he's out there, you don't, of course, see him until the end. So uh, basically the premise is, is like, you know, this, again, it's in New Orleans, a killer is on the loose, uh, but worse yet, he's also, you know, sexually assaulting the victims and he'll be there like after he's like done all that and killed them, he'll just like hang out of their place and he'll make coffee and meals for himself and just stay there all night for no <laughs> 
no ever explained reason for that. I mean, why not? Like you go through all the trouble of murdering somebody and then it's just like, well, I'll just help myself. While you're there. Uh, yeah, you'd think you'd want to get out of there as soon as possible <laughs> in case somebody reports a break in or something. But um, yep, I guess he had his reasons for that. Clint Eastwood plays a detective. Surprise, surprise. And he's sent, you know, in this movie, he investigates the guy. And, you know, the first thing he does, like the first the first woman who who gets killed, like he goes to investigate that. And what happens is he goes and um, interrogates, not interrogates, but I guess, what do you call that? Like just questions, questions, I guess. I yeah. Just like some Interviews. of the people <laughs> she, yeah, she works with. She seemed like a normal person because the first, the very first shot in the movie is that she's at a birthday party. And, you know, they they got a cake for her and everything, and it just looks like a normal thing. You find out later she's actually a prostitute. <laughs> but, you know, she's walking home, and then you see a pair of feet following her, and this creepy music comes on. And then she's almost home, and then suddenly she turns around and sees somebody. In. It's a cop, actually. Hmm. What a twist. Yeah. And she's just like, and he's like, is everything okay, ma'am? And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, you know, you scared me. He's like, well, you know, are you heading home? I can walk you back the rest of the way. And then mm -hmm. she's like, you know, in this accent down there, she's like, I live right over there <laughs> behind <laughs> this gate. And he's like, no problem. So you see him going in. And it's funny because you can kind of see the guy's face if you watch this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, does that kind of give away, you know, what what this movie is all about? Oh. But I later realized that it it didn't actually give that away i mean she does end up getting killed that night but you don't know if it's actually the person that you saw mm -hmm. the cop or was it somebody dressed up as a cop right mm -hmm. so you know you find out she's dead clint eastwood investigates and then the people that he um interviews and questions they're also prostitutes and workers so he gets led he gets a tip that there was this other woman who would also do like threesomes with the girl that got killed so he's like why not start there you why know? not <laughs> you can you can potentially it's find a great out start. <laughs> who you knows know? where this will lead <laughs> exactly i mean i'm sure it was very innocuous you go there and you do some questioning you find out if the girl had any enemies and you know ideally you you hope to solve this thing sooner than later right but the only thing that happens when he goes to her apartment is that she starts immediately like making moves on him and like acting all, you know, sexy and stuff. <laughs> you know, he came there to investigate her friend that just got killed. And the woman doesn't even seem to be like, really, she's like, oh, well, she doesn't even seem surprised by it. <laughs> she's asked, you know, he's asking her questions. And then she's like doing these weird things, like taking his tie off <laughs> and then throwing it around his neck, you know, almost to kind of do like some kind of kink type of <laughs> and didn't you say you originally saw this at nana and granddad's yeah the first time i saw this was at our grandparents who were very very like that must have very christian yeah i all i can say is that the editing that this network must have done must have been like impeccable because <laughs> this movie was a very hard rated r uh you know yeah, when, they should have gotten paid overtime for that editing job <laughs> whatever they did that move it must have been looked nothing like what it had originally because there is like yeah some very some of the scenes in there were just like very graphic you know of uh sexual naked not so much the violence part of it although there was you know a fair share of that too mm -hmm. 
but just like the whole theme of this movie, I don't know how, whether it's edited or, or for television or not, I don't know how it stayed on from start to finish. <laughs> how old were they? <laughs> I'm sure late 70s at the time. Okay, well. I just remember... So our grandmother was just like watching this. She's like, oh, I hope this is not one of those sexy movies. <laughs> and then In her British ass. Our grandfather's just like, why? Yeah. Oh, I hope these are not one of those sexy movies. <laughs> and he's just like watching it. You know, he's not even like saying much of anything. <laughs> Although at one point I do remember him saying that like, oh, I'm starting to think that the killer is is the actual detective. He was in which, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Which was a valid point because yeah. that's the whole gimmick. Like they're trying to frame him to to make it look that way <laughs> ultimately but um yeah it was just funny and i i was so young i didn't even have any idea what was i'm just watching this thing. <laughs> all i remember is that it's very darkly lit that's the one thing if i had one complaint about it is that it's just like you can't really there's parts for you can't really see well what's going on it's just very dark mm. well maybe I, that's supposed to add to the uh the mystery yeah i know they go for that sometimes mm-hmm. but anyway it's um yeah it's good it's it's worth a look. Um, so while he's while Clint Eastwood is at that one friend of the prostitute's house, who was also a prostitute herself, you know, she's making the moves on him and she's like trying to tie him up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <laughs> so he's there because he knows that she was doing threesomes with the other girl. Right. Of course. So what he actually said was like, yeah, I heard you did sandwiches with her. <laughs> so, Do they still call it that? <laughs> <laughs> at one point. She's like, so what happened to the other part of the sandwich? <laughs> and you know, Clint Eastwood in his voice, he's like, somebody ate it. No. <laughs> yep. And that was it. They just like got on with it. <laughs> I mean, what else do you do after a line like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after that, I forget. So that lady... You don't really see her again. However, as the movie goes on and he's investigating more murders, the same thing kind of repeats itself. Like he gets, he questions friends of the prostitutes. And then what happens? He ends up spending the night with them. As soon as he leaves, the killer goes right to this, to, to where like, you know, the, the, the girl's house is and kills her. Mm. And this keeps repeating itself throughout the movie. And so, you can start telling either it is he's the one that's doing it or somebody's trying to set him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's actually pretty clever because as the movie goes on, like he keeps going back to these these houses where he was just at that mm-hmm. night before. And he's looking around and he's seeing, you know, the people that he just saw. And they're kind of just like looking at him. <laughs> he's investigating a crime. And he's visibly more and more uncomfortable, like, mm-hmm. as this goes on. Yet he keeps on doing it. I think it was, like, with three or four women that happened to the movie. Jeez, Clint. <laughs> Get the hint. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, he's he's very easily influenced. And that's why a lot of people were saying that, you know, this movie was very similar. Like, why didn't they just call it a Dirty Harry movie? Yeah. Because Dirty Harry was the kind of character he wouldn't have, like, fell into that trap. Right. He would have just, like, nope, sorry. After the and, first one. Yeah. After that first sandwich if, got eaten. Should have <laughs> yes. picked up on that. Well put. <laughs> um, Which ha- when you're eating like half of a sandwich in that way, where it's like, like, w- is he talking about like a slice of bread or like, this is too No, complex. sandwich is like threesome. 
No, I know, but like he said, like, oh, like one half of the sandwich got eaten, but wouldn't that just be like one slice of the bread that was part of the sandwich? Well, he just meant the girl got killed. Right, I know, but like in the, well, this is too complex. She No, because the one (laughs) prostitute said what happened to the other half of the sandwich? He's like, somebody ate it. Yeah, but like a sandwich is just like there's three layers, right? Yeah. Which is the point. And then like the one half, it's not like you're cutting the sandwich in half. It's just like the slice of bread, the insides, and then the other slice <laughs> of bread. And it was just like, you eat that one part of the sandwich that's like eating the one slice of bread. The other person <laughs> that would be the layer representative of like one of the constituent three parts. You wow, know? you are really. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it after you said it. And I was like, that line just doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> oh, really? I'm just like, wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> And you're like, well, it's not <laughs> actually accurate because. Right. Because, yeah, it's just, it's not a one-to-one, like. It's more like a third. Are you, is it, is that the problem? Like it's a third of the sandwich, not a half of it? Well, no, because like, okay, so like if we really want to break it down, it's less like there's the threesome where it's just like there's the three people. So theoretically, yes. there's the bread, the insides, right? then the other, you know, piece of bread. So it's just like. If you're like imagining three people and they're just like, okay, there's one slice of bread, that one person, that other person's the inside and that other person's the outside. And it's like, oh, well, the other half of the sandwich got eaten. So then that's just like, oh, one of the breads is gone. Yes. So then it just leaves like an inside and then another slice of bread. But nobody eats a sandwich that way. Oh, I see what you're saying. Finally. Okay. This took I don't think anybody's long, ever broken maybe. it down like that. <laughs> this was my input for the entire. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. For those of you like, you know, in threesomes, you better make sure you have it all uh, figured out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to keep that part right. in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually, you know, a pretty clever plot. And uh, what it turns out to be is that there was an ex-cop who... This guy, Clint Eastwood, oh, he plays, the character's name is Wes Block. That's his name in the movie. <laughs> and so they keep calling him Block. Like that one lady was like, so Block, what happened to the <laughs> other part of the sandwich? Yeah, so he's he's doing all this investigation. And yeah, he's very easily influenced. But at one point, though, he meets a woman who works at a rape crisis center. So she heads the whole organization up. It's like a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And she has women there. And she's very concerned about what's going on you know because you have like a killer out there targeting women mm-hmm. and of course like you know she's she's an advocate who's because the women are getting raped in addition to getting killed so she comes to the police station to talk to him because he's the lead investigator mm-hmm. but he wants nothing to do with her mm-hmm. he's like no all you do people do is are cause trouble you're just like you know blow this thing up and you're gonna like scare more people than it's worth <laughs> So, but she wants to know, like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, she's like, because she says she has ties to the mayor also. She's mm-hmm. like, do we have any suspects? He's like, basically, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> and, er, yeah, so this is early on in the movie before, like, things really start looking oh, bad okay. for him. I see. And then they, they, I think they identify whatever stat they pulled up. It's just like half the guys, pretty much New Orleans, it could be anybody. <laughs> She's like, so is that it? Like, there's nothing I can go back to the mayor with? He's like, you can tell him he's one of the suspects. (laughs) And that's it. But then they keep crossing paths throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. 
And then inevitably, those two start like having an interest in each other. Somehow he starts warming up. He stops by the rape crisis center and there's a really funny scene where he's like, you know, the only guy there and he does something stupid and like they all look at him like all pissed off and everything. (laughs) And then the next time he sees her, she's like, so what do you think of the rape crisis center anyway? He's like, he hates it. <laughs> well, what he said was, oh, I love it, <laughs> which is like, you know, kind of a weird thing to say, but it's not like. <laughs> I mean, it's a weird thing to ask, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair. I guess she wanted to see him, you know, start coming around to it, mm-hmm. which he did. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of funny lines in this movie, though. Like he was investigating this one. This this guy, this lady gets killed in a hot tub. Mm, place what a way to go yeah so they drain the thing and like her naked body is just laying there and they're they're looking at it and he sees a tattoo mm-hmm. on her butt and so he f- he finds out that the tattoo was done by this artist you know somewhere the killer. on bourbon street <laughs> <laughs> he, he tracks it down to this one tattoo shop and he talks and the guy's like real no a real piece of shit as he's talking to mm-hmm. him he's like basically telling him like to f off he's like i don't know he's like i know that woman but he's like He's like, she owes me money or something like that. And and he's like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, the hot tub guy said that you did beat her up from time to time. And he's oh, like, geez. is that right? You know, he stands up like <laughs> trying to act real tough. He's like, yeah, I'd like to beat up that guy. Too. <laughs> and, so, and so they have like this back and forth. Meanwhile, there's this blonde woman just sitting in a chair that the guy had been doing a tattoo for. Mm-hmm. She's eating a popsicle. And of course, naturally, she's doing these provocative things with her tongue and her eyes as she's looking at Clint Eastwood. This whole movie just sounds like a vehicle to like <laughs> sexualize and objectify Clint Eastwood. To sexualize him or? Well, yeah. Because he was already like, I think for his day, I mean, still, you know, he was a he was a looker. He was very handsome. So they so, were like capitalizing on that, where it's like, we could make this movie really interesting, but let's just make it really sexual and about Clint Eastwood. <laughs> although probably like with the amount of nudity they put it in there, they were, maybe they're looking to, to target more guys, though. Mm. But it, it was working both angles, maybe. I guess. <laughs> yep. So she's in the chair looking at him. And, you know, you can tell like that's going to be the next the next woman he's going to get together with. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, she's like, you know, block these people you're talking to. These are some really shady people. She's like, you're, you're really, you know, getting in places you don't belong. And he's like, well, what kind of people do you recommend I do talk to? (laughs) And so that sets up the whole back and forth with them. And then he ends up at her place and then she gets killed. Mm. So the killer is obviously like tracking him down. I don't even know if he, he realizes it at first. But uh, eventually, like, it gets to be too much of a coincidence. After, like, number five or whatever <laughs> right. it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. there's a connection. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, speaking of that, like, towards the end of the movie, there's a scene, like, where one of the bodies finds its way, like, into one of the fountains. It's one of these famous fountains in New Orleans. And then you see his tie. One of his ties <laughs> is, like, right above the woman. Mm. So the killer, you know, is, like, now he's getting like more and more taunting with him. Mm-hmm. 
And you can just see the look in his face. He's getting like really uncomfortable. And the camera does this good job of like closing up on the other cops that are standing there. They're in these poses, like there's three other guys. And just like the way it was framed and everything, they're all just like standing there and they're all looking at him. Like it shows their eyes looking at him. Because mm-hmm. now he's he's becoming a suspect like yeah. of the police force too. Hmm. And even like his, his boss, like the captain, mm-hmm. like it comes out that he knew some of these women that that were killed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, inevitably, because like there's a scene in the movie where all these from from start to finish, like there's all these weird characters and they all are brought into the police station at the same time. <laughs> this sounds like that Seinfeld episode, <laughs> the last one. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that where they all are coming out <laughs> all at once. They're all in the same scene, like the guy from the hot tub and the, the tattoo guy and the woman like that asked about the sandwich and like all these other people are just like he's walking through the station and he sees them there (laughs) there's nothing that can like prove that he's the killer but -hmm. it's not looking good for him and the captain's like so block was there any of the victims that you didn't know (laughs) (laughs) and he just like this uh, he just kind of grumbles like that um and then as the movie kind of like gets towards the end the killer is taunting him now he's like sending things to like that appear in his desk mm-hmm. and you know it's like dolls where they have like messages inside them like rolled up mm-hmm. and like little riddles and stuff like well, if you do what's smart. right <laughs> yeah yeah he's really like working all the angles and he's like really playing him like a puppet now <laughs> and so the next clue he sends him to a gay bar and you know, Clint Eastwood oh, walks into boy. a gay bar. Now it's like <laughs> he walks into a gay bar. You just like see him looking around, like he doesn't even know what to say. <laughs> and he sees this one guy. The guy waves at him, mm-hmm. and he's sent there. You know, the riddle told him to find somebody there. He'll know who it is. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Hi there." He's like, "I was sent here for you." Mm. <laughs> and, and he's like, "It's not my kind of thing." The guy's like, well, maybe you just need to try it. And then Clint was like, who's to say I haven't tried it yet? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, a little cliche because that's that kind of thing's been in a few movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they really wanted to be ahead of their time, he could have just gone along with it. That would have been crazy. And then the gay guy would have died, which would have been sad. But Could you imagine, though, Clint Eastwood, like in a gay scene? Yeah, that would have been <laughs> This was 19, 1984. That'd be pretty progressive <laughs> of him. Exactly. <laughs> um, the guy's expecting to get paid for this. So he just pays him some money and the guy takes off somewhere to this, the Blair Kearns Mardi Gras Museum, <laughs> which is really creepy. I've been there and I was going to do like a tour of it, but it was too late. Oh, man. Uh, but the people there were like, oh, but you can just walk through yourself if you want. <laughs> it's like such a New Orleans thing to do. It's just like yeah. they're so relaxed about everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like wandering around this, looking at these gigantic things. And it's just like it is in the movie too. It's like dark and you've got like these 20 foot high faces just like staring at you as you're walking through. And it's so creepy. So this was like the uh, climactic part of the movie, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's getting to that point. This wasn't oh, okay. even the the actual end of the movie, but he does he does get like surprised by a few things that kind of like pop up like Jack in the Box type mm. things. And then like, the gay guy is like hanging there from something like he was hung <laughs> by the killer. I don't even, uh, I can't remember like how that, that. Oh wait, so he it. does die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. He does actually. So the killer now he knows he found out where West block lives mm-hmm. 
and he like he like did a home invasion and just like attacked his his maid killed her like put her into the dryer oh geez and he killed all four of his dogs oh that's sad you see the dogs like lined up neatly in a row <laughs> it's what kate think kate noticed that she actually watched. she's like oh all his dogs are dead she <laughs> thinks she would have been like a little more sad about it but she's like oh matter of fact it looked kind of staged yeah maybe that's well, what it was yeah <laughs> I would so, hope it was staged and no real dogs no were dogs harmed. Killed in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was uh yeah, that was too bad. He had two daughters in the movie and mm-hmm. the daughters were tied up, but that's all the guy did. Mm-hmm. Um he got I think uh one of the cops on patrol, I think, stopped by and could tell something was off and then mm-hmm. chased the guy out of the, and Clint Eastwood did himself, you know, before it was too late. And then, um, meanwhile, things are like heating up with him and the the rape crisis person. Mm. Uh, Beryl is her name. Beryl and Block. <laughs> it sounds like a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, Beryl's just an odd name. Like that's her first. <laughs> Played by Genevieve Bujol. Oh, okay. Recognize that? No. She's a French actress from Montreal, and I think at a very young age in a movie in the '60s, she actually won an Academy Award. Oh. What is crazy because like hmm. I know I've seen that name before, but not many places. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd know it if I saw her. Know her if I saw her. Probably she's not what you'd call like a traditionally. Uh, what am I trying to say? You know, like she wasn't conventionally role. attractive. Yes, in Hollywood, exactly. conventionally Hollywood, not like the strippers he was in prostitutes he was you know well, getting good her. good so i guess that's what they were trying to do was just like she was pulling him out of this lifestyle you know he was kind of giving it up the more they got to know each other yeah she was the one that was pulling on his heart and you see them going on they, although he's still being kind of tacky because he saw her in a gym one day uh-huh. the next time they go on a date he's she's like do you always speak what's on your mind she's like you're always so direct he's like well, yeah, that's just who I am. She's like, what are you thinking now? He's like, well, back when I saw you in the gym, how much I wanted to lick all the sweat off your Ooh, body. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, that's disgusting. they're on the Creole Queen, which is like a <laughs> paddle boat that goes up and down the Mississippi, which is like such a tourist thing. Mm-hmm. If you lived in New Orleans, you would never do this. Yeah. Because it's just packed with two. Like, I've been on it. Like, that was the first <laughs> well, thing I Well, we have did. never been on, like, what are those, like, double-decker buses that go through Philadelphia? Exactly. That's the thing. If you we live have, here, I have you're never not been to the Betsy Ross house. <laughs> right, right. You wouldn't do. I mean, you've been to the Rocky statue, probably, but. Uh, well, yeah. It's hard not to. Yeah, you just walk by that. It's yeah. just there. Right. For free. So that was their date on the Creole Queen, but they're they're getting like you know more and more involved. You know she's met his kids now. Oh wow, that's fast. Yeah, exactly. And here's something hilarious too. So he's got two daughters. He was with them driving the car somewhere, and his his actual real daughter Allison mm-hmm. was was played the older daughter who's like 14 at the time. <laughs> and so she actually still acts. She was in movies, and the younger girl as they're driving along, out of the blue, she's like. Daddy, what's a hard on? <laughs> and he's just like, you know, spitting his his drink all over the his coffee all over the dashboard. Just like, oh boy. And then his his older daughter, like, she knows she's pretty savvy about stuff yeah. in general. And she's kind of like, you know, just putting her hand on her head. <laughs> and he knows like she's the one that probably like mentioned that somehow. But he's he's all flustered about it and everything. And he's like, Well, you know, uh, when there's 
there's birds and there's bees and there's <laughs> male bees and female bees and <laughs> one bee likes each other. And the older daughter's like, dad, just stop. She's like, this is going nowhere. But as as they're getting to know Beryl, like she's around the house more often by the end of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kids like her. Mm-hmm. And so they're warming up to her. And then she goes off somewhere and the younger daughter's like, daddy, I really like your new girlfriend. She's mm-hmm. so nice. He's like, I hope you guys get married and then you can have a heart on whenever you want. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, the maid was still alive and she's looking over like, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was lots of great lines in this movie. It was pretty hilarious. Like I mentioned a few of them and I forget what else is there. But um, so yeah, what I was saying before is like, the problem is by the end of the movie, when he does get the killer and you find out who it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like a who done it where you can guess who it was because this person was never introduced in the movie at all. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Yeah, it's not <laughs> anybody you could have guessed because it's just some random person. Yeah. So what it hmm. what it was was just like you know a ex, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it was an ex cop and he was doing something corrupt. I think mm. and then West Block busted him on that and mm-hmm. the guy went to jail. So the guy gets out in jail and he wants to take revenge uh, on West Block now. So kind of okay. like a Cape Fear type yeah. of thing. Hmm. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a clever story though. You know, just like the way he went about doing it, the way he would get his revenge and setting him up, you know, and embarrassing him and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like, Yeah, it seems like it had potential there. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Directed by Richard Tuggle. Wow. <laughs> the great Tuggle. Tuggle. That's a funny name. <laughs> Who's done nothing else, by the way. He did one other movie, I think, with Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, okay. Well, this was his magnum opus. I mean, pretty impressive that he was able to pull Clint Eastwood. Yeah. I think they worked together on a movie. This guy, Tuggle, wrote something. Another Mm, Clint Eastwood movie called Escape from Alcatraz. Mm, And so, Which was a true story. So I guess he must have been impressed enough with him at that point. He must have been because Clint Eastwood himself would often direct his own movies. Yeah. So, you know, he must have had some ego. In fact, like to the extent on one of the movies that came out in the 70s, The Outlaw Josie Wales, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood kept getting in fights with a director. Mm. And like, he just couldn't stand this director. He got the director fired and took over the movie himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and finished directing. And it's a great <laughs> movie too. But they did something in Hollywood to make that illegal or something where it's like an actor can't take over the movie like that like whoever the director is <laughs> no coups allowed <laughs> it does happen where directors change but it can't i think the drive force can't be from an actor it has to be like from somebody on that same level interesting yeah but he was he had already directed a bunch of stuff i don't know how you determine that like you know if you're a actor director like how do you decide when you're going to do it and when you're not going to i guess it's like the production company but. just wing it and like, oh, i'll do this one yeah, I guess, you know, you would think if he wanted to, he could have. If he had a calling for it. Yeah, maybe you just get tired. You're just like, yeah, I'm just going to act in this one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty intense. And I'm trying to see, I'm trying to make sure that I didn't miss anything. I had like a lot of stuff written down, but I think we kind of got to all of it. So, yeah. Very interesting. 
you know? I think I, I often watch it like around this time of year. Usually it's like one of the first ones in the queue of my Halloween. Oh, I didn't movies. know it was even in your regular queue. I'd never heard of this movie. Before. Well, it's it's a more recent tradition. Uh-huh. It's not like one of those ones uh-huh. that goes back to the 90s. Like right. some how, of how many years? 2010. This was the first <laughs> time I started doing it. I had seen it before that, but I just kind okay, of like so randomly good. watched it at the end of September one month. And then from that point on, I just couldn't stop doing it. Okay. So a good 13 years. Yeah, not bad, huh? <laughs> so recent indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's tightrope. Good one. Go see it. Recommended. If you haven't already. And sorry if you haven't seen it for spoiling the ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something you would traditionally say at the beginning of the podcast, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With these movies, they know that this came out in eighty four, so it's been almost forty years now. Right, yeah. Spoilers have been out there. Right. (laughs) Yep, exactly. But it's funny, though, because whenever anybody says that, you know, it's just like, well, the movie's been out long enough. I can I can say, you know, what happened in the ending. But people are born every day and just getting into (laughs) movies and haven't watched it yet. There is somebody who is 13 years old today who was born the day that you started watching this movie as a tradition. Yes, I would say the most 13-year-olds have never seen it. Mm -hmm. And at some point, they will. And if they hear this podcast, that might have ruined it for them. (laughs) At some point, they will. (laughs) Yes, they must. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, thanks again for listening. And as always, feel free to leave a comment on the website, notyouravatarshow.com hyphen the podcast, or just go on Facebook and find our page there. And we'll see you next Wednesday.